Welcome, everybody. It's time for another episode of Sales Pipeline Radio. So grab your board and ride along as we bring on our host, Matt Hines. Hey, Matt. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Sales Pipeline Radio. Thanks so much for joining us for another episode. We are here live every week, Thursday at 11.30 Pacific, 2.30 Eastern. For those of you joining us on the live show, thank you very much for joining us each week. For those of you joining us on the podcast, Thank you for finding us. Thank you for subscribing. We are available. You can subscribe to make sure you catch every episode on the Google Play, on the iTunes Store, on Spotify, and everywhere fine podcasts are found. And every episode of Sales Pipeline Radio can be found past, present, and future on salespipelineradio.com. We, every week, are featuring some of the best and brightest minds in B2B sales and marketing. Today is absolutely no different. Very, very excited to have with us today Weldon Long. He is the CEO of Weldon Long, and he is the author of the new book, uh, Consistency Selling and the Power of Consistency. Weldon, thanks so much for joining us today. Well, Matt, thank you so much for having me. Very excited to chat with you today. So tell me a little more about your background. I mean, I've, I've been following you for a long time. I'm sure a lot of other people have as well. And so t- t- talk a little bit about sort of your journey and uh, sort of where you, how you've become really one of the nation's most sought-after and influential speakers and motivators in the sales industry. Great question. And I think, uh, you know, kind of my background is relevant because it's so much about how sales changed my life. Uh, I was a ninth-grade high school dropout at 15 years old, kind of running the streets. At 23 years old, I was high on drugs and uh, up in Denver, Colorado, and was involved in, in a robbery with a guy that I picked up hitchhiking. So at 23 years old, I found myself uh, doing a 10-year uh, stretch in the penitentiary system. I did about four and a half years unparoled, got out, didn't have an education. I was still a high school dropout. Now I was a convicted felon to boot, so I ended up going back to prison. In fact, I went back two more times. And uh, between 1987 and 2003, that roughly 16-year period, I spent 13 years walking prison yards. But it was on that last trip in 1996 that my father passed away, and I had kind of my epiphany, my moment of clarity, and made a decision to change the course of my life, which is exactly what happened. I had seven years left to serve, but I devoted my life to studying business and sales and uh, taking responsibility for my life. In January of 2003, I walked out of prison to a homeless shelter, and within five years, had built an 85,000 company. I uh, wrote my first book called The Upside of Fear. And since then, been writing and speaking and teaching people the lessons that I learned, not just in my personal life, but the sales principles that helped me grow that sales organization, which really completely transformed my life. So for people that don't know you and don't know your story, probably listening to this for the first time, uh, let's unpack that a little bit. Uh, I mean, that's, yeah. it, it's it's one of the most amazing stories that I've heard in the industry. I mean, not only just sort of the turnaround, but the speed of that turnaround. What are some of the things that, you know, when you were in prison, you discovered that really sort of were the cause of that turnaround? I mean, it's pretty amazing to see to hear that kind of a focus and, and dedication and have someone come out really shot out of a cannon and, and doing some pretty amazing things. How did, how did that happen? Well, when uh, when my father died, it was on June 10th of 1996. I was 32 years old. I was in that third prison sentence. And when my father died, and I realized that he went to his grave knowing me as a thief and a crook and a liar and a punk, it completely devastated me. I also, by that time, had fathered a son on an earlier trip out on parole. So I had a three-year-old son that I didn't know. I had a father who was gone and deceased, and I made a decision. I was going to change the course of my life, become a man my father could have been proud of, and a father that my son deserved. So I began to study and read. The first book I picked up was The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. 
And that began this journey of uh, hundreds and hundreds of books that I read on business, uh, leadership, personal development, et cetera. And the real lesson that I learned, Matt, is that my life was a reflection of my habitual thoughts, for better or for worse. You know, the subconscious mind is a powerful force and a relentless problem solver. The problem is it's a lousy judge of character. <laughs> it, will, it will solve problems <laughs> and based on information that's very negative, the same as it will be very positive. So I realized my life, my pathetic life, was a reflection of my thoughts and my habitual thinking. So I wrote out a list of what a perfect life for me would look like. I wrote on that sheet of paper, I'm an awesome father to my son. I'm a successful entrepreneur. I have a beautiful home on the beaches of Maui, a beautiful home in Colorado, all these amazing things. And I took that sheet of paper and stuck it to the wall of my cell with toothpaste. And I spent the next seven years meditating on that list and visualizing it. I didn't realize at that time the neuroscience what was going on in my brain, but it fundamentally changed my thought process and the things that would dominate my thoughts and therefore my actions and, of course, ultimately my results. And seven years later, I walked out and my mind was completely rescripted and I did have that force of nature called focus, right? It's a powerful, powerful force, that thing we call focus. And I just, you know, battened down the hatches, got myself by the bootstraps and went to work and have it slowed down in 15 years. That's amazing. We're talking today to Weldon Long. He's the author of the new book, Consistently Consistency Selling, and we're going to get to that in a little bit. But I do want to I want to talk a little bit about sort of how you how and why you chose sales. I mean, like you know, there's a lot of places you could have gone in terms of focusing your life, coming out, uh, being the, the the father and the man in the profession you wanted to be. What was it about sales that really sort of caught your attention and drove your focus? Yeah, as I often say, Matt, really sales chose me. I didn't have many options. I'm living in a homeless shelter in January of 2003. I'm out walking the streets of Colorado Springs, Colorado, where I live, and I'm knocking on doors. And for six months, I knocked on hundreds of doors. And given the fact that I had no experience, I was 40 years old by that point, no work history, uh, I had a criminal record, I had all these things working against me. And after six months of knocking on doors, I happened to knock on the doors of a little heating and air conditioning company, which I knew nothing about. I still really don't know anything about heating and air conditioning per se, but the guy needed someone to run residential sales calls. He said, can you go talk to people and run these sales appointments? I'm like, well, I'll, I'll die trying. And I went out in July of 2003 after six months of looking for a job. I'm still wearing an ankle bracelet, an ankle monitor from uh, the parole department. And I start running sales leads. And I found out I was really good at getting people to like me and trust me and let me solve their problems. And by that point in the story, by the way, too, a big part of my transformation was a total dedication to living my life with honor and integrity. I learned from Dr. Stephen Covey that if you want to be trusted, you got to be trustworthy. And so, you know, my value system had changed as well. And so people, I think, felt that uh, that authenticity. Uh, fortunately, they didn't feel my desperation at the time. But I went out my very first month. I sold $149,000 of air conditioners at what I call kitchen table sales, you know, in-home residential sales, made myself about $14,000 in commissions and just never looked back. So really the sales profession chose me because I was desperate for anything. And it turned out that I was pretty good at it as I began to study and implement a lot of the things that I had read in prison. I studied, you know, Brian Tracy and Tom Hopkins and all these great thinkers and writers, many of whom became great friends over the last 15 years, which was, you know, very ironic. Uh, Tom Hopkins, in fact, Tom wrote the forward 
to my second book, which was called The Power of Consistency. Uh, Dr. Covey, before he passed away, endorsed my first two books. And ironically, on this third book, Consistency Selling, Stephen M. R. Covey, who wrote The Speed of Trust, mm-hmm. Dr. Covey's son, uh, has written the forward for the new book. So I, I feel like I'm just along for the ride. I tell people I'm enjoying the ride. I'm riding the wave, but I did not create the ocean. A big focus for you is habits and consistency. Talk a little bit about why that's been so important to you. I think uh, we certainly see it a lot in sales and marketing. And, you know, even as early as late as last week, working with a group of salespeople, sales and marketing folks last week at a workshop, spent a lot of time talking about the power of habits, the power of consistency, and, you know, the fact that sometimes you just come in and you put your hard hat on and you just you do the right work and you do the work on a regular basis. Talk about why consistency has been so important for you personally as well as for what you've seen in success from those that you're teaching and training? Yeah, another great question, and it really is twofold. The consistency uh, principle is twofold. The first one is pretty obvious. Consistent sales results come from consistent sales activities. Random sales results come from random sales activities. It's not really rocket science, right? right one of the right. definitions of insanity that I love is finding something that works and then stop using it. And I think in sales we're all guilty of having a sales process that we follow. It generates results. And before you know it, we're cutting corners because, hey, look how good I am. And we don't realize that we're uh, kind of eliminating some of the fundamentals that made us successful in the first place. Sales process is really simple. To me, it breaks down to four things. Uh, I use the acronym of, uh, of RISC, R-I-S-C, instead of K on the end, but R-I-S-C, build a relationship, investigate the problem, solve the problem, and bring the deal to a conclusion. That doesn't always mean to bring it to a close, by the way, because we won't close 100% of our deals. But we can bring every sales call to a reasonable, logical conclusion. And so those fundamentals that we all practice that make us successful in sales, sometimes we can start eliminating. So the, the basic principle of consistency is do the same thing every single time, and you will generate consistent results, whatever your process is, when you find one that works. But the second part of consistency I think is even more important. And when I kind of integrated this second concept of consistency into my sales process, both in my personal sales process and my, my companies and what I teach, is the principle of consistency as kind of defined by uh, Dr. Robert Cialdini, who wrote the influence books and persuasion books. And the consistency principle rests on a simple proclamation that public declarations dictate future actions. In other words, we tend to do the things we say we're going to do. So I figured out in sales real quick. I read an article by Cialdini in American Scientific Mind. This was 14 or 15 years ago. And he talked about some studies about having people make certain declarations, certain proclamations, and they tend to act in a manner consistent with that. So it occurred to me, what if I could get my customers to acknowledge to me that price was not the most important factor, that they don't need to talk to my competitors, and they can decide today whether or not I'm a good fit for themselves and their family or their business. If I could get them to make those public declarations, they would be more likely to take actions consistent with that at the end of my sales process, which, of course, was to buy from me. And I can, if we have time, I can give you a few examples of that because it's very simple and it's extremely powerful. I love it. We're going to have to take a quick break here, pay some bills. We'll be right back more with Weldon Long. He's the author of three amazing books. Quite honestly, I would recommend them all. The first book, The Upside of Fear, tells a little more depth his story. The Power of Consistency, his second book, and his new book, Consistency Selling. We'll be right back on Sales Pipeline Radio. In a world where the speed of innovation and change in B2B marketing has never been greater, the only thing bigger is the need for clarity, for a blueprint, for a guide to what's really working. And how about a way to apply it specifically today to increase sales pipeline growth, 
velocity, and most of all, conversion. That's what you'll find in the Modern Marketer's Field Guide. And amazingly, you can download it for free. HeinzMarketing.com, just like it sounds, H-E-I-N-Z-M-A-R-K-E-T-I-N-G. It encompasses the entire sales and marketing cycle, but in quick bursts with lots of specific, actionable ideas, strategies, tactics you can put to work right away, like today. The loaded table of contents helps you narrow in and tackle a problem. And it's something you can come back to over and over again as a reference guide. Why not download your free copy of the Modern Marketer's Field Guide? It's free. HeinzMarketing.com, just like it sounds. H-E-I-N-Z, Marketing. All right, let's pick it back up with uh, Matt and his guest. Welcome back to Sales Pipeline Radio. Thanks very much for joining us today. We are very, very honored to be joined by Weldon Long. He's the author of three amazing books. I highly recommend them all. Uh, the first one, The Upside of Fear. The second one, The Power of Consistency. And I want to spend a little time talking about consistency selling. I feel like, you know, over the last few minutes, you know, you've kind of been doing a little preview of the book itself and talk about what you wish for and what you need to do from a habit standpoint. Talk a little bit more about what that means and give some examples to kind of bring that home for folks just in terms of why consistency in habits and focus is so important. Yeah, uh, and that's what it all comes down to, right, is making us more effective, more productive in our sales jobs, our sales professions. And by the way, your listeners should know, if they text the word videos to 96,000, they'll get a three-video series that's going to explain in detail what we're fixing to discuss. Uh, or they can go to weldonlong.com, and there's a big button they can click there to get those uh, three – it's a series of three videos. But when it comes down to consistency selling, again, based on Cialdini's work, that people that make certain statements tend to take actions consistent with those statements. In other words, Matt, if, if you said, hey, Weldon, can you pick me up at the mall at 3 o'clock? And I say, sure, Matt, I'll be there at 3 o'clock. And I look down at my watch and realize it's 3.15. Right? When I when I realize that I forgot, I get that anxious feeling that uh, psychologists uh, refer to as cognitive dissonance. It's anxiety because my actions are not consistent with my words of picking you up. When I feel that anxiety, what do I do? Do I ignore it? No, I turn the car around, I call you, I do something to get myself back to a state of resonance so that now my actions are consistent with my words. It's very uh, very powerful research, and you can read Cialdini's work. He's written several books. But it occurred to me one day that in my, in my sales profession, I tended to hear the same three or four objections every single day. I want a cheaper price. I want to think about it. I got to talk to your competitors. I want a different brand, right? I used to get them every single day. It would make me crazy. I got to thinking, listen, I know what's coming before my prospect knows what's coming. So what I did is I got the idea. I went out, and at that time I was selling heating and air conditioning systems. I went out and I found two reports. One was from Consumer Reports. The other was from the Department of Energy. And basically what they said is that when you're buying a new heating and air conditioning system, that price was not the most important factor. Proper sizing, a trustworthy contractor, warranties, guarantees, these were all more important than a cheap price. So I incorporated both of those articles into my sales process. And early on in the sales process, I would share that information with my prospects, with my homeowners, across the kitchen table. And then once I had them read the reports and we discussed it, I would ask a very simple question. Mr. Prospect, would you agree or disagree with Consumer Reports and U.S. Department of Energy that there are several factors to consider here that are as important, perhaps even more important, than a cheap price? They just read the articles with me. It came from third-party experts, Consumer Reports, Department of Energy. They had no choice but to say, well, sure, we just read it, right? So now an hour later, I get to the end of my sales process, 
they made the statement that price is not the most important factor. Well, that influences their behavior. When they start thinking about price at the end and they're thinking about asking me for a discount, they know that we've already had that conversation, either subconsciously, maybe even consciously they remember it. But here's the most powerful thing, Matt. If they change their mind, if they do a 180 on it, and all of a sudden they say, well, now, you're $1,000 higher than the other guy. I can use what I call the three most powerful words in sales, earlier you said. And I respectfully and politely always remind them of what they told me an hour earlier. I understand, Mr. Prospect, we're $1,000 higher. But, of course, quality is going to cost a little bit more. And earlier you said that you agreed with Consumer Reports and Department of Energy that price was not the most important factor. Has that changed in our time together? And when you remind them of their previous declarations, they're going to feel that dissonance because now their behavior is not consistent with their words. And just like I got nervous when I forgot you at the mall, they start getting anxiety when they realize, wow, I did say that earlier, and I did agree with that. In that moment, they become more likely, not 100% of the time, but they become more likely to take actions consistent with their previous declarations, which were price is not the most important. You can see the implications of that on the sales process. So that's how we use the, the principle of consistency as defined by Dr. Cialdini to influence the actions of other people. And, and yeah, there's a great controversy about, you know, is this manipulation or is it influence? And Dr. Cialdini describes in his books that if the outcome is mutually beneficial, it's influence. If the outcome is only beneficial for one party, well, that's not exactly a proper motive. But if you know you've got a great company, you know you'll do a good job with this prospect, then it's a mutually beneficial outcome because they don't know your competition like you do. They don't know that they can trust your competition and maybe get ripped off. Talking today on Sales Pipe on Radio, again, with Weldon Long, author of the new book, Consistency Selling. And if you'd like to check out some of the videos Weldon mentioned, text videos, videos plural, to 96,000, or you can certainly go to WeldonLong.com and uh, learn more about his books and get his blog and get those free videos as well. You mentioned earlier in our present in our in our discussion sort of the subconscious mind and I want to talk a little bit about that. I think you know, I think early in my career I tend to think, you know, subconscious mind and some of that stuff's a little bit of woo woo, but the more the more science I've read on this, there are certain things you can absolutely put to work to get your brain to really work harder for you. Can you talk a little bit about what you've learned and what's in the books that sort of help people empower that subconscious mind to their own benefit? Yeah, because you're right, Matt. That is the key to the kingdom as far as I'm concerned. When you get a mindset that is programmed to prosper in the face of adversity and pursue its goals, you have the keys to the kingdom. When my father died and I was in prison, I realized that my life was a reflection of my habitual thoughts. Then I realized I needed to change my habitual thoughts. So I wrote that list down. As I mentioned, I put it on my wall, and I began to review it every single day. Just like you, when I first started reading about this, and probably the first recollection I can remember thinking about it was from Napoleon Hill and Think and Grow Rich, where he talks about imagine yourself already in possession of these things. And at first it seemed a little mystical to me as well, a little woo-woo, as you put it. And I needed something more practical. So I started studying some of the neuroscience behind it, and it's a very simple factor. Remember our old friend, cognitive dissonance? Well, it works for us individually, too. Just like public declarations dictate future actions, guess what? Private declarations also dictate our future actions. So if I read what I call a prosperity plan, to write out everything you want, everything you need to do on a sheet of paper, review it for 15 minutes a day. If I'm reading that sheet of paper and it says on there, I earn $300,000 per year in my sales career, I run every call with passion and purpose, I diagnose problems and recommend solutions like a boss, and I ask for the order every single time. And I visualize myself running sales calls like that. I visualize the income, the outcome of the income for myself and my family. 
Then a few hours later, I go out and run my first sales call. And let's say I go in, I very quickly drop off a cheap price and walk out hoping my prospect will call me next week. Well, all of a sudden, I'm going to feel dismissed. Why? Well, because I told myself this morning, that's not how I run sales calls. And so what happens on the next sales call, we're going to remember that feeling, and guess what? We're going to start driving the behaviors because the dissonance, the anxiety, feels so bad, right? So the only way to get rid of the anxiety, well, there's two ways, but the most productive way to get rid of the anxiety is to do the thing you said you would do. The other way, which is not especially healthy, is to tear the plan up and never review it again, right? And therefore, there's no accountability. So it's not woo-woo. It's not mystical. It's basic application of neuroscience that if we tell ourselves we're going to do something, we become more likely to do it than if we had not said that to ourselves. So if I get up in the morning and I ever consider how I'm going to run a sales call, then I go drop off a cheap price. Guess what? There's no anxiety because I never made statements to myself that were, you know, the opposite of that. So it's the ultimate in personal accountability. And by the way, your listeners and The Power of Consistency, that book is completely about that whole process, about the neuroscience. It's a very simple book. I tell people my books are very simple to read because they were written by a ninth grader. (laughs) They're not complicated (laughs) books. But I have had neuroscientists contact me after that book came out and said it was the simplest explanation of the neuroscience behind success they had ever read, right? And there's a lot of research that I've learned since then. But to me, it's just simple common sense stuff. Mm-hmm. Love it. We're wrapping up here with Weldon Long. Definitely make sure you get uh, a copy of his new book, Consistency Selling. If nothing else, check out his videos on the secrets of implementing the prosperity mindset and consistency selling. You can find those at WeldonLong.com or you can text videos, videos plural, to 96,000. Weldon, at, at the end of almost every interview we do here on Sales Pipeline Radio, we ask people, who are some of the folks that they have really learned and been inspired from? I feel like this entire conversation has really kind of encompassed really the answer to those questions. So I might change it up a little bit and say, you know, in addition to your book, for the modern seller, for the modern business professional, who are some of the current authors or other current books that you recommend people check out to continue to make themselves better? Well, the first one, and I don't know if it comes under the category of current, it's relatively current, which would be the seven habits of highly effective people. I tell people Dr. Covey saved my life. He didn't change my life. He saved my life. That book was the roadmap for how to live a life and how to build a business. Currently, Robert Cialdini, I'm a huge fan of his books on influence. It talks so much about what drives our own behavior and what drives the behaviors of our customers. I think that his work is super, super important. And then I would look back probably, I wouldn't say recent, but I would look at some of the classics, Napoleon Hill, Think and Grow Rich. I would think I'm sitting here right now looking at Og Mandino's The Greatest Salesman in the World. The tried and true and tested philosophies that withstand the test of time. That, to me, is the most reliable stuff. There's a lot of different sales philosophies out there, and it just depends on the individual. Listen, any of them will work if we apply them on a consistent basis. Right, right. I want to thank our guest again, Weldon Long, for joining us today. I uh, really appreciate all of your insights. Your story is amazing, and I'd highly encourage everyone to check out the book, Consistency Selling. And if you want to learn more about Weldon and his story, definitely check out his memoir, The Upside of Fear. We will be here next week for another episode of Sales Pipeline Radio. Make sure you join us each week at 11.30 Pacific, 2.30 Eastern. And every episode, including this episode with Weldon, will be available at salespipelineradio.com. For my great producer, Paul, this is Matt Hines. Thanks for joining us on another episode of Sales Pipeline Radio. Yes, indeed, you've been listening to another episode of Sales Pipeline Radio. Brought to you by the good folks at Matt Hines Marketing. 